The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always hop online and schedule appointment. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, our topic for today is how to build better brain health. It is one, if you've ever been alongside of someone who has started with the process of mild cognitive impair, which is kind of a pre-dementia state, if you will, um, or anyone who's gone through dementia, or Alzheimer's, you know, you never really think about the health of your brain until it starts to fail you. And then the sad part is, is that for the most part, it really has much more of an effect on the people around you than the person typically. And so when we're looking at um, things that affect your brain, it is often not like one big one, right? It's like you're going to take this one medication or have this one exposure and all of a sudden your brain starts to shut down and melt. You know, it's it's over time things that happen that we start to see these. So really we're going to dive into um, one, just different nutrient supplementation. We're going to talk about different medications, different foods that you eat that can either build brain health or it can diminish brain health. Um, But just overall, when we're talking about if there's one organ system in your whole entire body that we should nourish the absolute most, (laughs) it is 100% your brain. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Before we dive in, though, I've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. So in line with today's brain health, We're talking today's health in the news is from Harvard Health Publishing uh, from Harvard Medical School. And it is two types of drugs you may want to avoid for the sake of your brain. 
So two common classes of drugs have been linked to dementia. Fortunately, there are alternatives to both. So if you're worried about developing dementia, you've probably memorized the list of things you should do to minimize your risks. Healthy eating, exercise, sleep, healthy mindset. In addition, some of the drugs you may be taking to help you accomplish those things could increase your risk of dementia. Two separate large population studies, both benzodiazepines, which is a category including medications for anxiety and sleeping pills, and anticholinergics, which is a group that encompasses medication for allergies and colds, depression, high blood pressure, and incontinence, were associated with an increased risk of dementia in people who use them for longer than a few months. In both cases, the effects increased with the dose of the drug and the duration of use, right? So basically, the longer that you take it, the higher dose that you took, it, it increased your risk of dementia even more. These findings didn't come entirely as a surprise to the doctors who treated older people. The Beers List published in the American Geriatric Society has long recognized benzodiazepines, antihistamines, and tricyclic antidepressants as potential inappropriate for older adults given their side effects. Such drugs are on the list because they share troubling side effects. Confusion, clouded thinking, memory lapses that could lead to false fractures and auto accidents. So what the studies found. So anticholinergic. So research found uh, they tracked nearly 3,500 men and women aged 65 and older who took part of an adult changes in thought, a long-term study conducted by the University of Washington Group of Health. They used group health's pharmacy records to determine all the drugs prescription and over-the-counters that each participant took in the 10 years before starting the study. Participants' health were tracked for an average of seven years. During that time, 800 of them developed dementia. It's a really high rate, 800 out of the 3,500. When the research examined medication use, they found that people who took anticholinergic drugs were more likely to develop dementia than those who didn't. Moreover, dementia risk increased along the cumulative dose. So taking an anticholinergic, and again, an anticholinergic would be medications for allergies, for colds, depression, high blood pressure, incontinence. Um, when you look at like anticholinergics, you would look at drugs like Benadryl, Demerol, Dimetap, Paxil, Unisom, right? Those are anticholinergics. So if you're like, I don't know what those are, that's what they are. So like, oh, it's allergy season. No big deal. I'm just going to take a ton of Benadryl. I have a cold. I'm going to take some Dimetap, right? These are the ones that we're talking about. Um, taking anticholinergic for the equivalent of three years or more was associated with a 54% higher dementia risk than those taking the same dose for three months or less. The University of Washington is the first to include non-prescription drugs. It's also the first to eliminate the possibility of people who are taking drugs to alleviate early symptom of um, undiagnosed dementia. Uh, for people who took anticholinergic bladder medication, the increased risk was just as high for those taking tricyclic antidepressants, which are also anticholinergics. Now, benzodiazepines. 
these again are ones when you're looking at uh, benzodiazepines, anxiety, sleeping pills, right? So, you know, we have a, a patient more recently who um, you would look at like Valium, um, Ativan, Xanax, Restoril. So a team of researchers from France and Canada linked benzodiazepines used to an increased risk of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. In the study, the greater people's cumulative dose of benzodiazepine, the higher the risk. So researchers relied on database from Quebec Health Insurance Program. It identified 2,000 men and women over age 66 who had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. They randomly selected 7,000 without Alzheimer's who were matched for age and sex to those with the disease. Once the groups were set, the researchers looked at the drug prescription during the five to six years preceding, so before, the Alzheimer's diagnosis. People who had taken benzodiazepine for three consecutive months or less had about the same dementia risk as those who never had taken one. But those who had taken benzodiazepine for three to six months had a 32% greater risk of developing Alzheimer's. And those who took one for more than six months, just one for more than six months, had an 84% greater risk than those who hadn't taken one, right? So why the drugs affect your mind so much is because it affects the activity of your neurotransmitters. So your neurotransmitters are the chemical messengers that work in your central nervous system. Both drugs work in a slightly different way. Anticholinergic drugs block the action of acetylcholine. In the brain, acetylcholine is involved in learning and memory. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, acetylcholine, sources of acetylcholine, how to get them. But they basically, it stimulates the autonomic nerves, those that regulate contractions of blood vessels, airways, cardiovascular, digestion. Um, benzodiazepine boosts other neurotransmitters' effectiveness. So they make gamma-aminobutyric acid, GABA, which slows the activity of the neurons in the brain more potent. So for that reason, they're used to calm anxiety and help sleep, but it also affects brain function as well. Um, so when you're looking, if you are there, um, you know, people think I'm anti-medicine. I'm not anti-medicine. I believe there's a time and a place for medicine. But the really great thing now is that there's a lot of more natural alternatives that you can talk to your primary care, your prescribing physician about if you have a concern about your long-term brain health, your risk of dementia or Alzheimer's, and you or a loved one are on these medications. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about what is acetylcholine and what are some aspects you might be able to do to build better brain health. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne.
Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you could always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Today, we are talking about brain health. This is one that is a long-term investment. (laughs) There are times that when you start making these changes, you um, see changes right away. I think sometimes it's frustrating and why we revert to medication so often is because it's the quick fix. Though the problem, the problem with that is that over time, that's where you start to see problems. So when you start making these switches, it might not be one where you're like, I have brain fog or um, I have Alzheimer's or I have mild cognitive impairment. And we just start making these changes and you're like, bam, back to completion. But it's one that, you know, I, I talked before about the value of health. And I feel as if this is one that should be forefront. You know, if you have someone whose brain is literally not functioning properly, you do whatever, you pay whatever. I have a family friend and her husband, um, her husband uh, is rapidly declining with um, Parkinson's disease. And I mean, I tell you whatever the doctors tell them, whatever surgery, whatever supplement, whatever exercise, whatever therapy, whatever they will do, they will do. Whatever they are told that might help, even if it's just the ounce or in the slightest, they will pay whatever, they will go whatever, they will do whatever it takes because they see what the quality of life and how that person is no longer that person anymore. You know, it's so hard. And you're like, well, what if the decisions that you make today indicate whether or not that that makes those changes, right? We went through the article that talked about two types of drugs. One is um, anticholinergics. And one of those is for allergies and colds. And so, so oftentimes you're like, is there other alternatives? Yes. Like we in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, we have something called dehist. It's a natural antihistamine. So it comes from stinging nettle, N-acetylcysteine, helps with mucus production. N-acetylcysteine is an amino acid. Um, There is quercetin. There's bromelain. All of these things where bromelain is an enzyme from pineapples. So it's like, and it works really great. And you know what those things don't do? They don't shrivel up your brain. Same thing. Um, benzodiazepines we're talking about anxiety and sleeping pills there are other things that you can do to navigate that now we don't do that right we don't prescribe anything to you we don't put you on them we don't take you off of them but so the ultimate goal is when we're looking at if we're having underlying problems why don't we try to get to the cause and so sometimes instead of waiting until there's a problem and then getting to the cause knowing that hey taking uh, what was the it was a startling uh, benzodiazepines for those taking one 
for more than six months had an 84% greater risk of developing Alzheimer's than those who hadn't taken one. What if we just start investing now in making decisions and doing things that would nourish our brain? Because you know what your brain controls? Your brain controls your heart, your lungs, your stomach, your digestion, your kidneys, your adrenals. Every, every cell, organ, and tissue is communicated from that brain down the spinal cord, out along those nerves. Your central nervous system is one of the most important things. So why are we not putting more focus in on ultimate brain health? So here we go. I talked a little bit about anticholinergic um, over-the-counters or drugs. Now, um, it's because it affects acetylcholine. So acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter and a neuromodulator. This means it works by sending signals between nerves. It's made up of acetic acid and choline and part of the cholinergic system. So uh, acetylcholine, ACH, is most well known for supporting cognitive function, especially memory and attention. And it's one of the first neurotransmitters that were uh, discovered by scientists. Where is it found? It's in humans, and it's found in the central nervous system, which includes brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nervous system, your PNS, which is your network of nerves outside of the brain and spinal cord. Um, Acetylcholine is synthesized in nerve terminals from acetylcoenzyme A. Most people will know this is a precursor to CoQ10 as well. And choline. When we talk about acetylcholine, we have to talk about some of its functions. And it helps stimulate skeletal muscle contraction. It inhibits activation of the cholinergic system. It protects against age-related declines in memory, including decline associated with Alzheimer's. Uh, Helps to guide vision-related attention, uh, regulates motivation. So it supports memory, um, helps control sleep. So what are, what are some things if you say, I might be low in acetylcholine if this. So obviously we know if you're on anticholinergic drugs. So again, what some of those might be when we talk about anticholinergic. I know it's not necessarily mainstream, but especially from different aspects of uh, like allergy-related medication. So again, we're talking about Dimetap, Benadryl. Demerol, Paxil, Unisom, those would be probably the um, ones that people have most knowledge about, most mainstream, if you will. So obviously, if you're on one of those, certain antibiotics, if you are um, on anticonvulsants, if you're on a diuretic, or if you're on a calcium channel blocker. Um. Now, where can you get them, right? So there's actually data from Farmington Heart Study that suggests that there's a correlation between choline intake and brain health. And so it was assessed by tests of memory and other cognitive abilities and MRI scans on the brain. In this particular study, people whose diet included a lot of choline were more likely to do well on the memory and cognitive ability test and have healthier looking brains. So uh, food that's high in liver, high in choline, beef liver, and grass-fed beef. Now, I'll be candid with you. I have, I'm not 
very good at cooking organ meat. And so what I do is I go through a company that has liverwurst. It's it's grass-fed, grass-finished, whole 30. There's no other sugar. It's dairy-free. And it has beef liver in it. And so it looks as if it's just a almost cooked pound of ground beef. And when I make meatballs, if I make a meat sauce, if I do a meatloaf, if we do burgers, if anything that we use part of our grass-fed beef our cows for, for probably every one to two pounds of ground beef, I'll do like a third to a half of a pound of liverwurst. And I add it in there. And no one knows but me. And so it's one that I can sneak it in. Uh, If you ever want to look at what superfoods, we say like blueberries are a superfood or some people say kale is a superfood. But if you're looking at terms of vitamin density, like natural beef liver is one of the greatest. We're just not a culture necessarily that just eats beef liver. Eggs, more specifically the yolk. It's one of when you're looking at... Um, when you're looking at the, you know, the, oh, cognitive ability of people more recently, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, stay away from fats, stay away from fats, stay away from fats, right? We did it since the 60s and the 70s and to the 80s. Don't have, avoc- I can't have avocado. I can't have guacamole. I have high cholesterol, all of these things. And we're like, we're only going to eat egg whites because that's where all the protein is. And I don't want the cholesterol in the egg yolk, but when you look at, um, like, if you're making your own baby food, one of baby's first foods, egg yolks, because it's super high in choline, and beef liver. It gets so interesting when we're talking about building brain health for infants. Like, that same thing applies with adults. Turkey, chicken, chickpeas, goat milk, navy beans, uh, fish, such as wild-caught cods, And vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. So all of those really cruciferous vegetables. So when you're looking at how to incorporate that in, if you're not at the beef liver, do more grass-fed beef, egg, turkey, chicken, goat cheese. All ones that are really, really great for brain health. Now part of that too when we look at, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So nutritional imbalances and deficiencies can actually break down and deplete brain health. So deficiencies of omega-3s, B12, vitamin C, magnesium, selenium, um, and deficiencies of other nutrients are often linked to Alzheimer's, dementia, and cognitive decline. There have been studies that show that low vitamin D levels are linked to Alzheimer's. And that low folate, low folate, which is B9, may also lead to cognitive decline. Adding coconut oil may be a rescue for brain from Alzheimer's. And turmeric has known to boost um, working memory in just a couple doses. I think this is so interesting, okay? So when we talk about coconut oil for um, Alzheimer's disease, this is why. So this is actual research. So the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease uh, published a research article titled Coconut Oil Attenuates the Effects of Amyloid Beta Proteins on Cortical Neurons in Vitro. So basically what that means is that they did a study 
that supported coconut oil may alleviate or regress cognitive deficiencies associated with aging or neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Beta amyloid proteins, amyloid beta proteins are ones that are often caused in excess with patients who have uh, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. And so it's a good healthy fat. And we forget that our brain is needs nourishment, right? Like our brain needs cholesterol. Our brain is made up of fat, all of these things, right? And so here's one where I always present you with a lot of research. And this is my opinion. This is Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. This is my personal opinion. I can't say that I necessarily have a ton of research to support this. But here's what I will tell you. In the 1970s, 60s and 70s, we went through this low everything. We took out fats on everything, right? We're not going to do butter. We're going to do margarine, which is synthetic. It's rancid inflammatory oil. We're going to take out the sugar. And when we take out the sugar, it's going to deplete a lot of the flavor. So we're going to replace it with sugar. And then so we're going to have these rancid, highly inflammatory oils with tons of sugar. And then in the 1970s, um, I, I think it's like the American Heart Association or whatever panel said, hey, we're going to take the normal cholesterol, total cholesterol that should be at 270. And we're going to slowly decrease that to where now your total cholesterol, they say, should be under 200. Anything over 200 is just a heart attack waiting to happen. Now, this is not a cholesterol show, so we're not going to go a deep dive into that. But if you ever want to watch a very, very riveting documentary, it's called Staten Nation, The Great Cholesterol Cover-Up. You can always message us or email us, info at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com if you want a link. Right, so we're, we basically said, like, let's cut out all the good, healthy, saturated, nourishing fats. We are going to take normal fats. Now, we're going to take a, we're going to take a pill, which is called a statin, that we're going to stop the production of cholesterol in our liver. And we're basically, we're going we're gonna to celebrate. Cholesterol's 130. Oh, my gosh. We're so proud of you. When in reality, I'm like, what's happening to the brain? We're saying, hey, don't eat the egg yolks. Don't eat the good, healthy, grass-fed meat and organ systems, right? Because, oh my gosh, heaven forbid. So we're just starving our body of all of this. And then we can't figure out why I'm like, oh, what's that building over there? Oh, a memory care facility. Oh, that's a new building. I wonder if that'll be a good local farm-to-table restaurant. Nope. Oh, another memory care facility. Okay. Right? There's one on every single freaking corner. Another memory care facility. And the sad part is they fill up, and those are people's loved ones who are in there who can't remember their name, who can't remember, you know, their their spouse or their kids or their grandkids or how to tie their shoe or to turn off the stove. Like it literally breaks my heart. So here's what I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested to see that now right? As we gain more education and we do more of these things and we start investing in our health, right? All of these people listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne Schluter in local Indianapolis on a podcast on, you know, 
all the different platforms, Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. And then they start making these changes. And now we're going through this keto phase, right? This last decade and a half, we're like, you know what? Eat these fat bombs, right? You're like, with the cream cheese and the butter and the no sugar and all of this, like coconut oil. We're just, we're down in spoonfuls of coconut oil. And I'm like, you know what I pray for? I pray that in 20, 30 years from now, these individuals who are just nourishing their body and they have all of these super amazing fats and we're eating beef liver again and we're getting grass-fed beef and wild-caught cod and we're consuming all these great ones, that all of a sudden we look at that corner and you're like, another memory care facility closing up shop. Another memory care facility gone. Right? Like how amazing would that be? So, but we've got to start being more proactive. So when we return, cervical curve, Diet Coke, and Mercury, what do they have in common? You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Really appreciate you listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Or you can always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Oh, you know it's sad when you say your phone number so much after over a decade that literally when people ask me my husband's phone number, I give him the office phone number. And yet somehow when I get on the radio, I'm like, what's that number again? Oh boy. Speaking of brain health, maybe I need to take a big scoop of coconut oil. <laughs> oh, I think my jokes are funny. So let's talk about this. Um, I need a big scoop of coconut oil, a little bit of vitamin D, and I need to get adjusted. Now, what does that mean? So what we do in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic and why this has any bearing on brain health at all is not your average pain-based chiropractor. What we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is not your average pain-based chiropractic, right? We still do manual adjustments with our hands, but it's all tractional adjusting style, which basically just means we don't, um, part of the technique we use, we don't do the rotary twisting, right? People actually prefer it, especially in the neck, the cervical spine, that it's all tractional. You're able to relax better. It's not as threatening. You don't so, um, so long of, and short of it is like basically anyone who graduates chiropractic school is a chiropractor. And typically they teach you the baseline of what you need to know to be a general chiropractor. And that's good. Though that being said, 
he will also notice that um, like what our specialty is, is structural correction. So say you've got tons of forward head posture, right? And you've got that dowager's hump, that like old lady or old man hump on your neck. We actually look at pulling back and correcting forward head posture. When the pelvis is rotated and unlevel, people say, my leg is shorter, my leg is longer. Anatomically, majority of the time, it's not an anatomical discrepancy. It's because pelvic rotation makes it seem like your leg is shorter or your leg is longer, right? That's why if chiropractors say, oh, you got a short leg, I'm going to adjust you. Your leg's not short anymore. Your leg length never changed with that adjustment. They worked on your pelvic rotation that caused the leg to pull up that was only longer because of that rotation. I hope that makes sense. Anyways, why that's important and why that explains to you is because what our specialty is in terms of structural correction is what only 2% of chiropractors in the world do. Now, this is a research study that was actually published um, in uh, March of 2019. The article title, it's published in Brain Circulation, uh, National Library of Medicine. It is, and I'll read you the, the title and then I'll explain to you what it means. Increase in cerebral blood flow indicated by increased cerebral arter, arterial area and pixel intensity on brain magnetic resonance angiogram following the correction of the cervical lordosis. It's a big mouthful. It is very complicated. Let me tell you that, what that means. They, through this study, looked at something called an MRA. An MRA is magnetic resonance angiogram, kind of like an MRI, but this looks at blood flow. And it looked specifically at blood flow changes in the brain. And so they took patients who had lost their cervical curve, right? So you should have a nice C-shaped cervical curve. So if you like take your hand, look at it and make it a C-shape, that's actually what your cervical curve should look like. Though if you lose it, forward head posture, right? Um, what they said is as they start to restore this curvature, how does it change the blood flow to the brain? And they found that using the technique that we use in our office, as they started to actually restore the curvature in the neck, it increases the pixel intensity, which would indicate an increase of blood flow to the brain, anywhere from 23 to 225.9%. So anywhere from 23 to 226% increase in blood flow to the brain. Now, that's not just any chiropractic. That's specifically what we do in our office in terms of structural correction, increasing the curvature. If you're not seeing a chiropractor that actually looks at what that curvature looks like and ensuring that you're consistently increasing that or monitoring that, you might want to look at a change. But what does that mean? And why why would it make a difference that you came into my office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic and said, oh my gosh, George, look, you went from zero degrees, you should be at 45, right? You went from zero degrees to 10 degrees. You've increased your cervical curve by 10%. You would think, so? Right? And not only can we go through all of the other aspects of cervical curve, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, beyond all of that, we say you are actually increasing the blood flow to your brain, according to research. And you say, again, I don't really understand the value of that. And why they say it's such a magnitudinal research is because what they're finding is that a lot of neurodegenerative diseases, myocognitive impair, uh, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, are linked to hypoxia. Hypoxia is a lack of oxygen. Well, friends, 
guess what carries oxygen and nutrients to tissue in the body? Your blood. All right, so when we're looking at this, it's just an aspect of if you want to maintain really healthy, positive brain health, what does your cervical curve look like? And if you haven't had a doctor check and evaluate that, then maybe that's something you should start looking into. That's what we do. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, right? 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or just hop online to schedule an appointment. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Now, what about your diet sodas? This is one where people say, well, I, I know that sugar is not good for me. Sugar increases disease processes. And you think, so I'm just going to do diet, right? There's no soda. Or we do sugar. I'm not going to do Gatorade. I'll do sugar-free Gatorade. Worse. That's way worse. Um, and it's unfortunate because ugh, my uh, one of my kids is playing baseball <laughs> And that's where we're like, oh, we don't want to do, we don't want to give our kids a bunch of sugar. So they do the sugar-free Gatorade. Um, Diet soda drinkers are three times more likely to not only develop strokes, but also dementia. They did uh, a study using MRI imaging cognitive tests in existing data. And scientists found drinking more than two sugary drinks a day or more than three sodas could result in a smaller brain volume. We're talking about like actual brain shrinkage, reducing of the hippocampus. It also sets accelerated brain aging into motion, resulting in poor memory. These are all early risks for early stage Alzheimer's. Even diet soda, one diet soda a day resulted in smaller brain volume. Not to manage, uh, Boston University showed the first connection between diet sodas and dementia, but there's like a long list of medical research linking artificial sweetened drinks to a slew of other health problems. Depression, drinking four plus cans a day is, right, and these are can- these are 12 ounce cans. So if you have like a, you're like, oh, I'm just doing one cup, but your cup is like a fountain drink from the, the gas station, well, then there you go. That's your three to four sodas. Uh Uh, Four plus cans of diet soda is linked to 30% higher risk in depression. Long-term diet soda drinkers is linked to a 30% reduction in kidney function. Type 2 diabetes, right? Like, why are you drinking this? Well, you know, I'm a diabetic. Well, drinking diet soda daily actually increases your risk of metabolic syndrome by 36%. It increases your risk of type 2 diabetes by 67% compared to non-diet soda drinkers right? So when you're looking at like your brain in terms of like memory, brain volume, like if you shrink an organ, it doesn't work as well. Um, So some alternatives, uh, tea. You can look at kombucha, right? There's really good gut healthy probiotics in there. Um, There is something, there are some stevia based sodas that you can look into too. I would also just make sure that, especially with that, you do it in more moderation as well. So there's just aspects of if you're a diet drinker, um, be aware. There's tons of uh, studies showing that artificial sweeteners like aspartame impair cognitive function and lead to memory loss. 
Another one that I will see is um, <laughs> inactivity, right? We don't. We know that we're supposed to move. We are not made to be sedentary individuals. One study showed that uh, in patients younger than 65 years old, 41% of dementia diagnosis were incorrect. Um, misdiagnosis occurred often when patients were uh, suffering from depression or alcohol abuse. <laughs> but uh, when they look, the blood flow, right? So this is why when we're talking about inactivity, the body's self-healing mechanisms depend on uh, flow of lymph, blood and other fluids which are all promoted with exercise um by contrast inactivity allows cellular shutdown blockage and attacks the entire system oh here's another one heavy metal and mercury now most people don't realize what their exposure from mercury would be from you know, we say, well, when I was a kid, I used to play with mercury on the desk. Me too. I was there, but I'm not talking about this. When you talk about silver fillings, silver fill, silver amalgam fillings contained 50% mercury. So they actually went through a couple of years back and told dentists, stop calling them silver fillings because they're not silver fillings. Compositionally, they are mercury fillings. And the mercury in there is not stable nor is it inert. It off-gasses. It crosses the blood-brain barrier and it destroys neurons even without contracting it. There was such an interesting video that I watched and they were they were neurons. And what they did is they took a small piece, a very microscopic piece of mercury and they introduced it and you watched these neurons, these dendrites shrivel up. And you're like, that's literally what's happening to your brain with this. Now, uh, can all dentists remove amalgam fillings? Yes. Should all dentists remove amalgam fillings? No. There is a proper, and I see it so oftentimes, if you don't have a dental dam, if you don't have proper ventilation, if you don't have proper call before and after in terms of detoxification from metal that will enter your body in, I always look at a biologically certified dentist. My husband had a ton of these uh, mercury fillings from the military. Thank you, U.S. government. And... Um, so this is this is one that you have to have them properly removed or else all of a sudden you're going to feel worse when you get them out because your body's suffering from from heavy metal toxicity and exposure. Another one that you will see very often um, in terms of where <laughs> heavy metals come from. Now, this may or may not be a shocker for you. This is not... Um, this is not anything you can just literally look up to see what the ingredients are on the CDC website. But majority of uh, where I see that mercury or every other metals come from are annual flu shots. Uh, research shows that those who took flu shots for five consecutive years had 10 times or a thousand percent higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease than those who only had one or two flu shots. And this is due to the accumulation of mercury and aluminum in these vaccines. 
and they say, oh my God, there's not mercury, right? People try to argue that all the time. It is. It's ethyl mercury and it's from thimerosal. Thimerosal is a powerful neurotoxin. When you talk about like aluminum components, aluminum components, and they say, well, this is just for stabilization, right? Like it, they know it's in here. Uh, aluminum compounds are known neurotoxins, and they've been associated with not only dementia, Alzheimer's, convulsion, brain damage. Um, aluminum sulfates are commonly used in pesticide preparation and attributed to respiratory toxicity. Um, formaldehyde is in there, uh, which is not necessarily a heavy metal, but still part of that aspect and when we're looking. So there are tests that you can do. One of the ones that we do in the office is metabolomics. It is a functional medicine test that kind of allows us to see what does that, what what is going on? What does that look like? And so it's just coming down to when you're addressing the big systems of things, it allows us to see more in detail from a health perspective what's going on, right? Is it gonna be one flu shot? that all of a sudden you feel like you're not remembering properly? Is it going to be one year of a statin that shuts down your brain? Is it going to be one, six months of um, doing low fat? Is it going to be one can of diet soda? No, but all of these things cumulatively in a bucket over time is where we see these big problems and the big differences so start nourishing your body take out the toxins get a cervical curve back in your neck and start and start investing in your health stop ignoring it stop waiting until you lose it to start regaining it be proactive and do it now because now is the time to change not once you have the myocognitive impairment once you can't remember how to tie your shoe once you can't like once you're already in the memory care facility stop waiting till we get to that point to put your health as a valuable aspect in your life got to figure out what to do to start investing in your health today it's exactly what we need to do at greenwood family chiropractic 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853 or just hop online to schedule an appointment. Greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. Um.